19 this morning, Genesis chapter number 19, and we're reading verse number 26. God bless you. Thank you so very much for your generosity in giving this morning, and I know that God will richly bless you. Genesis chapter number 19. We're just reading verse number 26 to get us started this morning. The Bible says, But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. Father, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit today, Lord, that that enables and empowers us, Father, to deliver the word of the Lord that you would have delivered to your people today. Father, I just pray your anointing will rest upon us. Give us ears to hear the word of the Lord, we ask for the glory of the Lord. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, this morning I want to talk to you today about regrets. This is an emotion that all of us have to deal with. Now, the dictionary says that this word regret means to think of something with a sense of loss. It means to possess a sense of sorrow for what has been done in the past, such as wrongs committed or errors made. So let's talk about dealing with regret. Let's talk, first of all, this morning about the reality. Let's talk about the reality. And the reality is everybody has regrets. Amen? All of us have Regrets. Some have big, giant regrets, and others have little, small regrets, but all of us have regrets. I challenge you this morning to start examining Bible characters. And as you name them one by one by one by one, nearly every one of them, if not every single one of them, had to deal with regret. How about Lot's wife that we read about, do you think that, that, that perhaps she regretted her decision to take just one last look at the mall of Sodom? What do you think she was looking, she had her family with her, amen, what was she looking back at? Probably looking back at the mall. You're going to be a tough crowd this morning, help me out. <laughs> How about Moses? Do you think he might have regretted some of the decisions that he made, like, like killing the Egyptian and striking the rock instead of speaking to it? Do you think he had to deal with regret? And what about David and, and the decisions that he made concerning Bathsheba and her husband? Do you think maybe that, that David had some regrets? And what about Samson? Do you think that he regretted telling his heart and his secret to Delilah? And what about Saul's jealousy of David? Or, or what about Noah getting drunk? Or what about Judas betraying Jesus? Or, or, or Peter denying Christ? Or Paul's falling out with his ministry partner Barnabas over the use of John Mark in ministry? How many agree that probably every single one of these people had regrets to deal with? Let me tell you something this morning. If you are dealing with regret today, you are in good company. You don't need to feel like the Lone Ranger this morning. The reality is everybody deals with regret. Regret. I wish I hadn't quit my job. What in the world was I thinking? Why did I speak to my boss like that? Regret. Why did I take this promotion? Oh, there is so much pressure. Oh, I had it made in my old position, but, but I didn't realize it and I didn't appreciate it. Regret. 
Why did I say no to his proposal of marriage? Or I won't even say it. Regret. Regret. Why didn't I say something? Why didn't I speak up? That was my friend they were bashing and I just sat there. Why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I say something? Why did I say what I said? Why didn't I just keep my big fat mouth shut? Regret. Regret. Why did I act the way that I acted? Why did I react like I reacted? Regret. Ever had any? Oh, I, I should have stayed longer. Or I should have quit a whole lot sooner. Regret. Have you ever experienced this emotion? Oh, of course you have. Of course you have. The reality is we all experience regret at one time or other in our life. Let's talk about the response this morning. How do you respond? To regret. Let me, let me give you three possibilities this morning. Three possible responses. First of all, you, you can respond with condemnation. Let me ask you this morning, are you going to allow regret to condemn you? Because you see, if we allow it to, the things that we regret can condemn us and make us feel really, really, really bad. You see, if we allow it, we, we can begin to, to feel worthless and we can begin to feel despondent and, and oh, we can become filled with despair and we can become hopeless. Oh, oh, we can get to the place where we are absolutely unable to cope. I want to tell you this morning, that is not where God wants us to be. John 3, 17 says that God did not send His Son into the world to, the, to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Paul writes in Romans 8 and 1, There is therefore now, when? There is therefore now no condemnation. How much condemnation? No condemnation to everybody? No. That's a trick question, wasn't it? No wonder you don't respond sometimes. Amen. How? There is therefore now no condemnation, not to everybody. There's a lot of people that live under condemnation and they need to be under condemnation. I know some people I wish were. Amen. There's therefore now no condemnation. Well, but go on. Paul says to those, to who? To those that are in Christ Jesus. To those that are saved. To those that are the people of God. To those that are the children of God. But not only those that are the children of God, but he goes on to say that those uh, who do not walk according unto the flesh, but according unto the Spirit. We understand this morning that it's not that we, we can do anything and everything that we want and feel absolutely no condemnation. No, a million times no. Oh, but listen, friend, here's the good news. If we mess up, we can repent. And after repentance, say after repentance. After repentance, we are no longer under condemnation. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's notice another response this morning. 
That is consumption. They ask you this morning, will you allow regret to consume you? To consume you. You see, some people allow their regrets to absolutely, totally, completely destroy their life. Such was the case with Judas. Judas regretted selling Jesus out as he very well should have. And yet instead of repenting over his failure, instead of that, Judas allowed his regret to consume him to the point that he went out and the Bible said he took his own life. I know a man very, very well who has, who has allowed regret to absolutely, totally consume his life. Something that happened nearly 40 years ago. But to this day, it's hard to talk to this man for 15 minutes. But what he will bring up, the regret of his life, believing that he chose the wrong mate to marry. And he constantly dwells on this. And it has literally stripped him of any joy, any happiness, any peace of mind. He spends his life in depression and hopelessness, allowing regret totally to consume him. When we allow our regrets to consume us, we have allowed the devil to win in our life. Let me tell you this morning, it is not God's will. It is not God's will for regret to consume us, friend. Even Judas, even Judas could have been forgiven. Even Judas could have been restored. Oh, if he would have chosen to repent rather, oh, than allowing his regret to consume him. The third response like to talk about this morning, and that is correction. I ask you this morning, will you allow regret to correct you? Because you see, the truth of the matter is we all do things that we regret doing, and we all say things that we wish we had not said. Oh, and we all get involved in things we regret ever getting involved in. And because of that, we can either allow these regrets to condemn us, we can allow them to consume us, or, or, or we can allow, we can allow these regrets to correct us. To correct us. We should learn from our mistakes. You see, a mistake is not totally bad if we learn a lesson from the mistake. Not promoting mistakes this morning. I, I'm not cheering you on. Make a mistake, make a mistake, make a mistake. I'm not, that's, I'm not going that far this morning, but I'm telling you that a mistake is not totally bad if we will learn a lesson from the mistake. I mean, you, know, you can tell a, a child not to touch a hot stove until you are absolutely blue in the face, but usually he learns not to touch a hot stove only by touching <laughs> The hot stove. A mistake is only totally bad when it is the same mistake that you have made before. And especially if it is the same mistake that you're making over and over and over again. You see, the truth of the matter is a high percentage of people who file bankruptcy will do it again. The sad fact of the matter is those who experience the trauma of divorce many of them will repeat the trauma again heard about one woman who had married and divorced four times she had married a banker an actor a preacher and a mortician 
Someone asked her why she married these four particular men. She said, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. I got to do that to keep you alive. I've got to stay awake for 35 minutes, so do you. Amen. What is the proper response to regret? Allow your regrets to correct you. Learn from your mistakes. You do not want to go through this again. You don't want to have to, you don't want to have to feel this way again. So let me tell you, if you're in regret today, if you're in regret about something today, ask yourself, what in the world is it that I need to learn? Because I don't want to have to learn this by doing this again. I want to learn from this so I don't repeat the process. The only way to make sure you don't have to deal with regret like this again is to make some changes. We've heard it a thousand times, but let's hear it one more time. And that is the definition for insanity, and that is to do the same old thing, same old thing, but expecting different results. But not only do I want us to talk about the reality and the response of regret today, but let's talk about, let's talk about the reduction. The reduction. How, how do we reduce Regret. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question this morning. Is it, is it possible to live life without regrets? Probably not. Probably not. But there are some things we can do that will reduce the amount of regret. Let me suggest two things this morning. The first is priorities. Live life according to priorities. You see, the sad fact of the matter is, by the time that we get life figured out, it's too late. Our lives are practically over. Those of you that are 50 and above, wouldn't you love to have the knowledge and the wisdom you have now and go back and start over at 20? See, they're cool. But we got some wisdom. And we got some wisdom because we've been beat up. I know they don't think we have any wisdom. And we didn't think our parents had any either, so turnabout's fair play, I guess. But we've, we've got some wisdom, we've got some knowledge, and it's because of all the bumps and the bruises, it's because of all the mistakes, it's because of all the mess-ups, amen, it's because of, uh, uh, of living life. So that's why it's very, very important you hear me hammer it over and over and over. And that is to learn. To learn from other people. Learn from their successes and their failures. Watch people that are really messing up. And watch people that are really doing it good. Now don't tell them which category they're in, all right? But watch them. Pay attention. Their life, is, their life is going bad. It's going wrong. It's going downhill fast. Watch them. Look and see what they're doing. Don't do it. Their life is going great. It's going awesome. It's going incredible. Look and see what in the world they are doing. And do what they are doing. Amen? And I tell you all the time that this is why us babies of the family, let's hear it for the babies of the family. Yeah, come on, Audra, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason why us babies of the family turn out so good. Because we watched our older brothers and sisters mess up and get in trouble. We watched and saw just how far they could take mom and dad and how far they couldn't. We saw where the line was. 
Thank you. Somebody said that's true. Amen. How do you reduce regret? Live life according to priorities. Ask yourself, self, self, what am I doing today that will really matter 25 years from now? What am I doing today that will really matter 50 years from now? What am I doing right now that, that, that will really matter once I'm dead and gone? They ask you this morning, how do you define success? If you make a lot of money but you have no relationship with your wife and your kids, are you truly successful? If you have achieved, oh, the position, oh, I mean the position, and you've got it, oh, but you have lost your health and your integrity in the process, are you successful? What if you were like the rich man in Luke chapter 12? I mean, you've got it all. You've got power. You've got prestige. You've got position. You've got possessions. You've got pleasure. And yet you haven't figured out the true meaning of life. Are you truly successful? Saw a bumper sticker some time ago that read, I had a life, but my job ate it. How do you reduce regret? Live life according to priorities. What are your priorities? Let me tell you what they ought to be. Number one, ought to be God. The Lord Jesus Christ should be Lord and Savior and Master of your life. I'm not talking about teaching a Sunday school class, preaching a sermon, visiting the sick. I'm talking about your one-on-one personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That ought to be one. And number two, if you're married, should be your spouse. What about my kids? Then your kids. Some of you got problems in your home because you got that backwards. Tell you something, you'll have your kids, I used to say 18 to 21 years, but now I think it's 30. (laughs) You'll have your kids 18, 21, 24, 25. Sometimes you'll have them when they come back the second time. But you won't have them forever. But you stood and you looked into the eye of your mate and you said, Till death do us part. Jesus is number one. Our relationship with Jesus is number one. Our relationship with our spouse is number two. Our relationship with our children is number three. And then our work and our career comes next. And then your work for God comes next. You mean my job? Coming before teaching my Sunday school class? Well, yeah, I'm not going to pay your salary for teaching Sunday school. You better have a job. You better take care of your family. Amen. And your first priority, your first ministry is to your own. So, yeah, yeah, it's Jesus, our relationship with Him, and then relationship with our spouse, then relationship with our kids, then our work or our career, then our church, our work for God, and then everything else ought to follow that. Some of you got all that messed up, amen, because I only see you about the 1st and the 15th. <clears throat> okay, let's go on. <laughs> the reason we have so many regrets is because we don't prioritize our, our life. We get so busy doing good things that we don't have time to do the best things. Second way to reduce regret in your life is by principles. Live life according to principles. Let me tell you something, nobody has ever regretted doing the right thing. No one ever regretted doing the right thing. Nobody has, has ever said, I, I regret telling the truth about that. I, I sure wish I had told a lie. 
No one has ever said, I, I regret, I regret resisting temptation. Oh, oh, I regret that. I wish I had yielded. No one has ever said, if only I would have taken that bribe, if only I had stolen that money, if only, if only I would have had that affair, if only I had repeated that gossip. No, no, no. No, listen, friend, we will reduce the amount of regret in our lives if we will live our life according to principles. The principles and precepts and practical instruction of the Word of the Lord. Proverbs 18 and 15 says, The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge. And the ear of the wise will seek after knowledge. Well, we've talked about the reality and the response and the reduction. Let's notice one more. Let's talk for just a couple of moments this morning about the release. How in the world do we go about releasing ourselves from regret? And friends, Satan doesn't want you released from regret. He he wants you to he wants to condemn you with it. He, he wants you to become consumed by it. But God wants, wants you free. John 8 and 36, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. So let me give you three things this morning real quickly to do to help you become released from regret. And the first one is simply refuse to dwell on the incident. Refuse to dwell on the incident. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul writes, I forget those things which are behind me. I do what? I forget those things that are behind me. Pastor, what should we forget? We should forget every bad thing, every hurt, every trial, every, every problem, every difficulty. And every good thing. Yeah, every good thing. I forget those things. Whatever's behind you, you just forget. That's, I forget those things. And then what am I going to Then I'm going to reach forward to those things that are before me. Listen, friend, you cannot live life constantly looking in the rearview mirror. I need somebody to hear this this morning. Stop dwelling on the mistakes of the past. Their history, what's done is done. And you cannot undo it. Whether it was you or it was done to you, whether it was your fault or wasn't your fault, stop dwelling on the mistakes of the past. Their history, what's done is done. You cannot undo it. Amen. Repent of it if you need to repent. Ask God to forgive you if you need God to forgive you. Determine never to do it again. And then simply get up, brush yourself off and go again. Forget what's back there. Amen. And reach forward to what's up there. Yes, there were some bad things that happened back there. Yes, there were some good things that happened. Yes, there are some bad things ahead of you and there's some good things ahead of you. But I'm telling you that the Lord is out there waiting on you this morning. So put the past behind you. Amen. And move forward. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and see and embrace what God has for you in the future. Three things to do to help you become released from regret. The second thing you need to do is rebuke Satan when he tries to bring it up. And he's going to. It's his job. Psalm 103 and 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Notice the Bible didn't say as far as the north is from the south. But as far as the east is from the west, that's how far the Lord has removed our transgressions or our sins from us. Why did he say as far as the east is from the west? Well, you can start north and eventually you're going to go south. Or you can start south and eventually you're going to go north. But if you go east, you will always be going east. You will never run into, you'll never, that's east, you'll never run into west. 
As long as you're going east, you will never, ever, ever, ever run into west. And the Bible said that's how far removed our sins and our transgressions are from us. Amen. Rebuke the enemy when he comes and tries and bring up old past hurts and things. Amen. He's a liar. They're gone. If you're constantly being reminded of a past incident that you repented over, that's not God. He doesn't even remember it. Purposefully, He has chosen not to remember. So the source of your regret is Satan. Rebuke him when he tries to condemn you. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusation against Joshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, devil. Yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. So friend, when Satan comes to you and tries to condemn you with your past, rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take authority over him. Command him to leave and take his uh, condemnation with him. Tell him that the word declares that there is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus and that are walking according unto the Spirit. And friend, when Satan brings up your past, just remind him about his future. How do we release ourselves from regret? Refuse to dwell in the... On the incident, rebuke Satan when he tries to bring it up and finally remind yourself of God's forgiveness. 1 John 1 and 9 again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Give us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And friend, God doesn't need a reminder, but we do sometimes. I said God doesn't need a reminder, but we do sometimes. I have someone on the keyboard at this time, please. As I begin to close this morning. I want to close today by giving you ten things that you will never regret. They're not in your notes if you want to write them down. Ten things that you will never, ever regret. Number one this morning, you will never regret being kind. You'll never regret being kind. Number two, this morning you'll never regret helping someone in need. Number three, you'll never regret speaking words of encouragement. Number four, you will never ever regret apologizing for a wrong. I might add, even if it wasn't you, that was wrong. Number five, you will never regret doing the right thing. I mean, oh, sometimes we just need to just do the right thing. It don't feel good. It goes against the grain. It goes against our flesh. They don't deserve it. But it's the right thing. You'll never regret doing the right thing. Number six, you'll never regret refusing to gossip. Never regret refusing to gossip. Never regret not joining that circle of gossip. 
Number seven, you'll never regret not yielding to temptation. Even though that temptation pulls heavy upon your flesh, you'll never ever regret not yielding to temptation. Number eight, you'll never ever regret taking time for family and friends. Never regret it. Never regret it. I love, I've used this before, but I love and just come to my mind what George Bush Sr. said. They asked him what his greatest success in life was. He could talk about being a world a, a war hero. He could talk about being a Senator, he could talk about being President of the United States of America. But when somebody asked George Bush Sr., what is your greatest success? Instantly he said, my kids still come home. Yeah, still have a relationship with my kids. Friend, you'll never ever regret taking time for family and friends. Number nine, you will never ever regret developing a strong character. And number ten, you'll never regret nurturing your relationship with God. Never regret it. Never regret it. Would you stand in His presence this morning, please? Everyone standing, please.